Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, I get the question all the time. Conrad, I know you help people save money and you help people refinance, but could you actually help me buy a house? Yeah, buddy. Come on now. Buywithconrad.com is your hookup. And let me give you a heads up. You don't need a huge down payment to buy a house in 2022. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. There are still loan programs out there that can get you out of your apartment and into a brand new house with no money down. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but buddy, we're doing it pretty routinely. And you don't have to be a veteran, but yeah, we can still help our veterans get into a house with no money down. But more importantly, we're going to help you get on the path to buy a house this year. You see, a lot of times we have these conversations and folks say, well, I've got a little bit of time left on my lease, or I'm not sure exactly when I'll be ready, or how much of a down payment do I need to save up? My advice, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's start the pre-approval process. Let's know what your new house payment could look like. You'll tell us how much down payment you want to have. Maybe the answer is zero. That's cool. And then you'll tell us what you want your monthly payment to be. And then you go shopping for your dream home. But step one starts at buywithconrad.com. And hey, did you know that when you go to file your taxes as a homeowner, you're going to get a statement back from your mortgage company that's going to say, hey, you can write off this amount of interest this year. How much of your rent are you writing off this year? None of it. Oh, and by the way, what's your interest rate on your rent? Well, that would be a hundred percent, pal. You know, you can do better than a hundred percent interest. That's what rent is. Stop throwing your money away. And by the way, we can even help you get rid of your current house and get into a better house. If you already have a house, but you think, you know what? It's time for a new place. We can help you at buywithconrad.com. That's buywithconrad.com. B-U-Y with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. And be sure to ask about our green light underwrite. We can actually get your file completely underwritten, and that allows you to negotiate like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to DDP Snake Pit. And of course, we couldn't do it without a pair of Hall of Famers. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, how are you, man? Oh, man. You shouldn't even ask. It's too good. Well, I'm glad I'm to hear that. I'm ashamed how good I feel. Well, I'm happy for you, man. And I'm happy that we've still got our other Hall of Famer with us on board today, Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. DDP, what's up, dude? Ever had a bad day in my life, bro? Bunch of sore ones. No bad ones. Well, that's the that right sucks. attitude to have. Always somebody would piss in his tea or something just to <laughs> screw him up. You know, one day. You probably go, you know, this kind flavor is odd. I've had it, haven't had it before, but you're grown to like this. <laughs> Dude, I, I actually remember being back in the freaking days when you were <clears throat> driving and drinking and drinking and drinking. <sighs> and I thought I grabbed that freaking beer bottle, pulled it out. This bottle. This bottle. <laughs> Yeah, never done that. Oh God! You gotta save time. Heck? You don't stop for peeing. You piss in the bottle, I man. Bad, 
too far to walk. Yeah. Well, uh, hypothetically, oh, forget that moment. You don't ask for a second one. I'll tell you that. Thanks for reminding me of that moment. <laughs> I've never had the opportunity to do that, thankfully. But I, I am curious, what happens if uh, you fill the first bottle and you're not done? Man, that's you have somebody wild. else hand you another one. <laughs> the hot tag of pee bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't mention any names. <laughs> well, here we are another episode of DDP snake pit and boy, we're going to be celebrating a big star today. Uh, it, it's three sixteen time. And every single year people start posting their favorite stone cold, Steve Austin memes. And boy, we got a couple of guys here. One in particular, who was a big part of all that. And, uh, we're going to be talking about that, but I think first we probably want to catch up with heels, uh, Dallas, uh, we're, we're winding down oh, heels yeah. here and, uh, man, I, I'm pumped th- to know that they're working on season two, but, uh, as we finish up season one, th- they did the whole double turn and it, it, we're, we're actually oh, yeah, calling, right, right, right. I got it. I remember now. Um, he loved that. He absolutely loved that and putting it on the girl. You know, uh, again, this is spoiler alert. If you haven't watched episode eight yet, uh, you know, uh, put it on the girl. You know, I think it was great for TV. I don't know how they work out. Jake says they got a million different ways, you know, to go with it. Um, there's no other girls in the Federation. And to me, she's not China or Jade, you know, so I don't know how she really, I don't know how they work that from there, but I'm really interested because They've not disappointed me on any of their writing throughout this entire journey. I'm really excited coming into episode, or I should say, uh, um, the next series. I'm really, uh, next season, I'm really excited to see, like, what happens with the father, you know, and how they work some of that backstory yeah. in. Because, like we said, we've talked about the Grams, and, you know, they're not the only guys, you know. It's been a lot of guys who've put themselves down. And, uh, you know, it's it's... A moment like that, when you literally dealing with suicide, you know, it's uh, it, sometimes a guy just snaps. And I'm sure as he's pulling the trigger, there's times where they go, no, what am I doing? You know, and uh, then you're really, you know, you're a mess after that. But um, I'm really interested to see where they go with it. Um, I think they, it was a good, whoa, it was a great feel good moment, you know, which is, it's the big payoff. And if we if it was shoot and they were really doing that and hitting, you know, the the whole 10,000 people there and they see that girl up there and that's like, whoa, what the hell? You know, like I I think the people who follow the uh, DWL, I think that they really would love to see that, you know, so overall, um, I'm excited for season two. I'm hoping to get some of the guys in here because they film, you know, not too far from here. And I know Cody was talking to Emil and uh, letting him know what we were doing. So uh, maybe we can get him in here, or maybe get Crystal in here, or or um, or I can uh, make it up that ladder. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You never climbed a ladder in your life. I know you? that's right. <laughs> hey, hey Jake, what would you think about Ace? Seemingly, you know, he would never even consider being, you know, a heel, and now it feels like he's more comfortable in that role. Did that make you think of anybody from your real life wrestling past of here's a guy who thought, man, I'll never be this or that, whether it's heel or baby. And then eventually when they did, wow, it just took off. Oh, there's lots of guys like that. You know, Austin being one, 
Yeah, but that's going from heel to baby face. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the same the same thing. And I, I think it's always bigger, you know, but you know, there's been some like what's some of the memorable that you think about heel turns? Well, when I turned it was very, very strange. Because uh, going out to the snake pit that night, Honky Tonk was a baby face. Right. And I was a heel. And one guitar shot that I'll never forget. Um, right. Changed us both. We, we both switched positions. And that's a rarity. And the same thing with Austin and Brett. Brett absolutely. You know, so Brett, Brett becoming that heel there. like And, and I got to really put Brett over over that time because, you know, he really was the consummate babyface. Yeah. You know, like he was everything. Like he, he'd been the heel when a tag team and he did, well, he was great at it. But when he became the babyface and really the face of the company, I mean, he, it was an honor to him, just yeah. like it would have been to me or anybody else yeah. in that spot. But he really, because of his lineage and everything that, you know, he, he'd been through through his life and the whole having the family business. This was the big payoff, and he literally was that guy. But for Austin, you know, it, the anti-hero. And the first anti-hero is sitting off to my right here in our business. And, uh, man, it was it was a thing of beauty, uh, the finish of the blood and Austin passing out and not tapping out. And that was like, boom, you know, he was on his way. Well, one last thing we can't finish heels and not talk about, um, well, a little situation in the ring with number two, uh, what a moment <laughs> that was, well, I, I want to step in on that one. It's not funny. No shit. Not funny. Uh, that's, that's happened to me several times and, uh, it's not a comfortable feeling. Uh, once in Japan, there was a guy named Inui, the mighty Inui. And he did a capanchier roll on you. That's where you're flat of your back in the ring and they do a little flip, except he misjudged it and he landed square on my guts, man. Oh, God. And uh, it actually <laughs> turned my rear end inside out. Yeah. Yeah. There's like meat hanging out, you know. And uh, it took a couple of days to uh, get over that. Uh, Jack Daniels helped. And, Our hearts. Uh, and I, that's when I pushed it back in, you know, you're in Japan or on, on, on the road and I'm, I'm standing on all the bus trips because I can't sit down and uh, it was horrible, mm. you know, but you know, I've had funnier ones where you maybe you've ate some Mexican food or something. that's <laughs> kind of on fire and you blow it out, but uh, that's not real funny either because it's going down your legs. Okay. Uh, one thing I do want to say is I love the way Wild Bill sold it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I love, I mean, it was, he's one of the boys. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he really is. It's, it's, I, I think, again, I, I, in the beginning when I read that, I wanted that part so bad. I called Julie Yorn. They, of course, put him in that spot. I can't see anybody else in that no. spot. I yeah. Mean, Wild Bill is Chris Bauer is so good um, as far as being one of the boys, man. Yeah, he could definitely hop in the back seat and ride with me. Oh yeah, he's he's he, he, I, he would be a really good time. Yeah. Uh, and you got to be there's got to be some fan in him 
to play that 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 good that well, y- yeah. y- a youngster watching wrestling i gotta believe he watched back in the day yeah uh and he did a hell of a job and i love the part where he gets off the bat and says screw it i gotta save my boys right you know, you know and that's so he, he does a big turn there yeah. yes yes yeah and the people sold it like whoa because <laughs> the one section knows a big brown spot is but but uh and on the map, yeah, yeah. On the map. <laughs> it was it was a great spot. It was a great spot. I think again, I, I enjoyed the whole ending. Again, I don't know where they're going to go. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to go, but I'm sure if you're going to do that for a finish, you got to at least have an idea where you're going to go. And I and no shit, they can always call Jake because <laughs> Jake said uh, they, they there's a, there's a thousand different oh, ways definitely. they can go. So his, his Booker mind is already working. Uh, Julie Yorn, if you're watching, I'm six uh, months down the road, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Come catch me. Yeah, he can help with your writing team there. But uh, again, recommend everybody if you haven't seen it going, you can even go on Showtime and not Showtime. Um, it's on Stars, but you can get the first season on Amazon Prime. I think they work a deal where it's ex- free for X amount of time or whatever. But get definitely. Goes check out heels. It's a great binge watch. Yeah. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. By now, you know that everything is crazy overseas and well, that's created some volatility in the market. We actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week. We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention this is still a once in a lifetime opportunity just based on your real estate values. You see, all of a sudden your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago. And as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30 year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt. And I mean it as a heads up. What would you do if you had no credit card debt? Just like that. It was all paid off. How much easier would life be if those car payments, they're out of here. No more car payments. That is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at SaveWithConrad.com. You see, the interest you pay on your credit cards, not tax deductible, and sky high. The interest you pay on your car loans. Buddy, where is that going? What if we could restructure all of your debt, use some of this newfound equity, and at the same time, get you out of debt faster? You see, what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage. Yes, we're going to get you a great rate. But if you're in a 30-year loan, think about what your life looks like 30 years from now. Man, life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt-free, and that's what we want to help you do. And by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And oh, as a heads up, if you've been thinking, hey man, I like my house, but my kitchen's kind of outdated, 
What if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all? Why wouldn't you do that? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's going to make your house worth even more. And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Now I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at ConradReviews.com. You'll see there, we've got over a thousand verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with a thousand reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's savewithconrad.com. All right, Connie, let's go. Let's go to the meat of, the, of today. You know, we got the, uh, We've got the uh, probably one of the most over baby faces of all time. Oh, yeah. Talk about, right? One of the biggest stars of all time. Of course, we're talking about Come Stone on, Cold guys. Steve Kill Austin. <laughs> he got his uh, start uh, training with Chris Adams, uh, dad at the uh, Dallas Sportatorium. Jake, uh, you ever go through the Sportatorium? What do you think of the Sportatorium? Man, oh, man, oh, man. The ghosts that are in that building. You know, I remember as a kid going there with my father. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I watched my father wrestle a bear one night. Really? Yeah. That bear to- tossed his 425 pounds ass around. Mm-hmm. He monkey flipped my father. Wow. Uh, he, he did all sorts of crazy stuff. But uh, And I see my father wrestle the spoilers with Gary Hart. You know, Don Jardine is spoiler number one. And uh, it was, uh, as a kid, it was pretty tough, man. <laughs> That building is just was horrible. You know, if you turn the lights on and looked inside that building, you would not go in. The ring was like hitting this. Yeah, because (laughs) the ring posts are cemented into the concrete. Oh, wow. So there's absolutely nothing. It is, you might as well made it out of concrete. Dude, I took my first bump on that. I completely changed that match. Yeah, damn straight. (laughs) I did a lot of chain wrestling. Uh, thank God I knew how to do all that shit. <laughs> if, you, level. if you hit a turnbuckle hard, your lower half of your body would go numb for about a minute. I hit one hard one night and I thought I'd crippled myself, man. Cause I, I couldn't even stand up. I just collapsed. Wow. And it was like my hips were numb, <clears throat> but there's a horrible ring. And then you put people in there that are loose cannons themselves. Not the mean way, just. That's who they were. You know, the Von right. boys were just, you never knew what the hell they were going to do to you, <laughs> but it wasn't good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a rough place to go, man. That's where I got shot at too. Man. That's so crazy. You say that right. one of the, the night, the night I only wrestled there twice. I think. And that was with WCW. We come through Dallas a couple of times, but, uh, it was a shot. Someone fired a gun. Yeah. Three with, shots at me. Yeah. And you, yeah. Whoever was shot a gun when I was there too. It was like, what? It, was, it is. It is Texas, yeah. as you know, your home state. What man. got me is the cops. The cops, you know, get in the back, and the cops have got the guy in the back. They were real good at the sportatorium about it. The fan got involved. They bring him to the back and turn their heads for a minute or two, you know, <laughs> and uh, give you time to say hello. <laughs> but uh, they asked me, said, "Well, Jake, uh, do you want to file charges?" I'm like. File charges? Oh, hell no. Just uh, reload him and put him back out there. You know, what the hell do you mean file charges? Of course, man. Get this son of a bitch out of here. 
That's unbelievable. I, I, I should have asked him if it's because my match was too good or if it's because I suck. <laughs> Dallas, I had no idea that you were even in the sportatorium, but I just quickly looked. It looks like you were there uh, September 5th, 1992, uh, teaming yep. with Vinny Vegas to take on Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Dustin Rhodes for a WCW house show. That blew my mind, man. I didn't even know the sportatorium did WCW house shows. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was, you know, I loved working with Kev and, you know, no one ever thought we were going to ever make it period, you know, <laughs> and, uh, for, for us to be there, you know, uh, and it, just being on the road with him was so much fun. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about some Nash stuff uh, later. Let's get, let's get, let's get to the other guy. Let's get to the other guy. So Steve Austin is named Steve Austin by Dutch Mantel. Jake, you got any good Dutch Mantel stories you can share with us? Can you fix this? I wish I did in a way, but I'm glad I don't in a way. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, Dutch and I never, I never worked with the guy maybe once or twice. And, that was uh, fun. It wasn't much of a match. It was, nope. you know, beam and that was it. But, uh, Dutch has been around for a long time, and Dutch is Dutch. Uh, he's one of those Tennessee boys. And uh, he come from that Jerry Lawler school of uh, pat you on the back, stick a knife in it. Oh. So, I mean, uh, sometimes his thinking is a little bit off. You know, it's one suggestion would be telling, um, uh, what was the big Texas boy? Oh, gosh, brain fart. LBJ or? Yeah, JBL. LBJ. Yep. JBL. JBL. Telling him to, to, you know, to really get that clothesline in there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Uh, he hit me at that one time. And I said, you ever do that again? I'll kill you. He, because he, he, he came, tore he, my head off. Yeah, he came with that clothesline. And here's the thing, guys. You can give a guy a clothesline and tear his head off, but the chances are it's going to be the worst-looking bump. It's not going to be exciting yeah. except for the guy throwing the clothesline because you can't do anything with something coming at you that hard. You know, you put it in there right, and I'm going to take a nice bump for you, and it's going to look really good. Yeah. But you come with one of those, brother, and I'm going to be trying to save my own life. So that that's that was Dutch's thinking there, but it was wrong. But uh, what if, what if Austin on the other hand? Yeah. Uh, Steve Austin's uh, quickly going to get signed to WCW in 1991, along with his wife, lady blossom uh, Dallas. This is probably when you first meet Steve, right? WCW 91. Yeah. We came in and me and him. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm very matter of fact, like who I am, no matter what. And I, I he, I believe he liked the honesty. It's why we've been friends for 25 years, like really good friends. Um, and, uh, when it came down to working and when I would finally, you know, start working in the ring, be going down to power plant and Steve rode alone a lot. He wouldn't ride. He would ride with a cho choice few guys, you know, whether it was Mick or me or, uh, Kevin, uh, Nash. Um, he wanted someone he could have a conversation with, you know, and who really, and, and who really wanted to talk to the business, you know, and we talked, that's all we ever talked about. You know, the psychology and everything. And, and when we finally got to be actually working and we're working, we get to that, the place early and we go in the ring and we'd, uh, you know, we'd work for probably about 30, 40 minutes. 
And one of the really funny things, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, I'm sure you, I know you could do it, but Steve would do what he'd call a match with the invisible man. Oh yeah. And he get in that ring. I'm I wish good. to God, I wish to God I've taped that. Cause I taped everything, but that was, it just came out of nowhere one day. And he had about a 10 minute match with the invisible man. And it was, <laughs> Right over the top rope. I mean, yeah. he freaking yeah. he did everything, man. Yeah. It was we, we did that years ago, but I, man, the first first two times out there, he beat my ass. <laughs> pretty frustrating. Uh, pretty we got to do the job for the visible man. I, right? hooked, I, hooked him, I hooked him for the DDT and he backdropped. I really <laughs> sucked. Over the top, I might add. Dallas, what was your first impression of Steve when you got to see him in the ring and, and just what he was trying to do with wrestling? Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody would have predicted he was going to become the mega star he was, but what was your first impression of Steve money? <laughs> like, like there's certain guys who are just believable as hell, you know? And that was him like very early on, even as studying Steve, when he was doing all that in the Hollywood blondes, like everybody thought he was money. Yeah. You know, they, who knew he could be to that level? You never ever think you know anybody at that point could be at that level um but he was a guy that uh, he was earmarked and, and you could see he was a, a, a notch above everybody else who had come in at that time and and said you know the tv title and eventually the u.s title and i think a lot of people saw him as like maybe like the next player you know i think a lot of people would have thought you know they talked about it and, and you could hear the people talking about the potential and it was great for me because, again, riding on the road with him, you know, and, uh, you know, talking to business and talking comebacks and, you know, and heat and, you know, and, you know, just bumps and just every, every, every aspect of the business, just like with Jake, you know, you can talk about everything, you know, especially if you just did something, you know, then you can talk about that for the whole ride. The first time I seen him, I don't remember what it was, but the first thing I got out of it was an unbelievable mechanic. Mm-hmm. His, his stuff, you couldn't see through it. It was solid. And he had an attitude. And you've seen that attitude. Oh, yeah. He brought that on. You know, and, and that's that's when you know that you got something special. One of his first big uh, programs is working with Bobby Eaton, and he's going to win the TV title. Uh, sadly, yeah. Bobby just passed away last year. But, Jake, you're grinning right away. You got any good Bobby Eaton stories you can share with us? Oh, man. Bobby one of the one of the great ones, man. One of the nicest oh human beings alive. So sweet. But he was alive when I, ever in the business. Yeah, yeah. He, he was so nice and kind and that, all that stuff, which tells me you don't belong in this locker room <laughs> because you're going to get chewed up. But and, he did it. You know, he made, people he made loved it him. He just blasted what, through it. What, what, what about you, Bobby? Everybody, you don't. You don't. No, you do talk. He bring like five extra towels from the hotel. Oh yeah. He brought toothbrushes. He brought like bobby pins. He brought he brought a sewing kit. When I was doing the angle where the homeless guy. And I got the ripped tights and the scraggly beard, not doing anything with my hair. The, the hair dot, you know, the blonde dot go through. So my hair looks ridiculous. And he come up, oh, 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 I see you, your tights, the ripped there. Uh, let me take care of them for you. I go, Bobby, it's a gimmick. It's what oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you know, he, oh. Bobby had the, 
the, the squirmiest stomach of all time. Oh, oh yeah. If you even like, or you start to pick your nose, hit, <laughs> you know, and start do, doing that. So the first time I got a chance, which was in the ring. Oh, God. <laughs> I hopped up a loogie. Oh, gosh. And spit it in my hand and then licked it off my hand. Oh. And he just turned and puked right there. <laughs> he puked right in on the audience's feet, man. It, it was awesome. <laughs> you know, I mean, I loved it. It was one of my great, one of my top three moments in the business. Jake's top three moments. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, it came. It came from way down, man, way down. And my god! And he was. And then he comes to the back and apologizes for puking. And you never mentioned about what I did. I just apologize for puking. Great guy. Great guy. Yeah. What, what, what? And man. could and could work his ass oh, off, man. Bumping mother. You know, you, you know, you talk about Katsu or mechanics yeah. and what he could do in the ring, man. I mean, like, especially, you know, in those early, even those middle years, he was flawless, man. Like, he was so smooth, smooth man. So smooth. You could watch him and go, wow, that's magic. Yeah. But jumping off that top rope and dropping that leg, yeah. Alabama Jamma, yeah. man, that's going to that's gonna take a toll. And that's, like, I try to tell so many of these young guys are – doing today because they're doing stuff that make that look like it's a hip toss. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause they're just doing stuff that's like, Whoa, wow. You know, I get sore watching a lot of the matches today. <laughs> I'm not talking about EW. I'm talking about all of them. Yeah. I'm talking about every league. There's, there's the guys who are the foot soldiers. They're going to be a little bit better, but the guys who are the high flyer to do the, Crazy bumps. And Bobby was really yeah. one of the first guys to be doing that. Yeah. You know? Well, let's talk about uh writing with uh with Austin because Austin wrote in his book, Dallas, that you and Foley would uh, sometimes oh. ride with Austin. And yeah. as it's yeah. written in the book, that boy, they uh they ribbed you pretty nonstop, did they not? Well, I'll just give you some of them. You know, like first of all, they're 25 or 26. I'm 35 and a half, a good maybe in 36, 37. And they would, I'm the rookie, so I gotta sleep in the cot. You know, I gotta sleep in the rolling bed. And I sleep naked. And I, I back then I was putting, and I forgot all about this, what Mick Foley did um in his in his um his stand-up, he would close his show out with the cookie story and me being sleeping naked. And, and when he has this girl come out with a blonde wig on and a, you know, and a, and a suit that's uh, like all flesh toed. So she looks naked and she has cellophane around like wrap around her knees. And I completely forgot. I did that. Oh. <laughs> and what I would do is I put DMSO, which is a, they put it on horses because my knees were bad back then. And I put DMSO on my knees. But if you were to go in a bed, say your sheets were blue, the blue would go right into your skin. Because what happens, DMSO would take the painkiller into the knees. So you had to wrap them with cellophane. And I didn't remember till she walked out there wearing that <laughs> cellophane. And I burst out laughing. Too much. And uh, th that night, of course, was, was the, the, the crescendo of it all. Foley had been given a bunch of cookies and that night, and he was a heel back then, but 
When he wasn't on TV, he was the biggest baby face yeah. on the planet. Yes. And I just couldn't believe, like, this, here's his heel. Like, he's, like, I was nice to everybody, but he was, like, ridiculous. Like, he'd babysit for him. Like, that kind of shit, you know? And uh, so the cookie story, he, you know, when I went out, because I, I went out. Those guys stayed in a lot. I was still going out three or four nights a week. And uh, he put cookies in my bed. And it's late. It's at the end, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. So I'm like not trying to make noise, you know, and I, and I get in the bed. I'm like, what the fuck? Mother? Now, now, let me let me tell you this story. I'm Foley's doing stand up with Piper and they are going back and forth to stories and Piper's playing me at the end. And when when. Piper gets up and starts jumping on Foley. How do you like it, Foley, with my naked balls in your face? You know, how do you like it? And the lights go out. And there's like maybe 400 people there. When the lights come on, it might have been one of the biggest pops I've ever heard. <laughs> because I'm standing there, they're going, that's not how it fucking happened. <laughs> that's fantastic. And it was so funny, but that that night was like, like the biggest one of me. Like I was so mad, I was so pissed off, and Foley, of course, didn't sell it at all. As I'm jumping up and down on him naked, you know, with the cookies and crunching them on him, and Austin just peeing his pants, you know, in the in the bed next to Foley. Those two guys were the cheapest cats ever. <laughs> they were so frugal. Uh, it was uh, it, that was another rib that was. You know, they were always so fr friggin' frugal. Um, they also do things like I'd be in the shower and throw ice water, like a bucket of ice on me. Uh, the friggin' come out, there's no towel, there's a face cloth. You know, they just things like that. A lot. They those two guys taught me. Eventually, don't sell shit. Yes. And they broke me of it. It took me still a little, little while longer, but at some point, I just wouldn't sell anything. And then guys will leave you alone, right? That's right. Uh, he's, he's as long as you're selling, I'm going to keep dumping. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get weirder and weirder. <laughs> Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about, protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for GoliathLife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance super easy. Goliath Life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath Life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. Goliath Life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now 
at goliathlife.com. Well, 1992, you guys are all in WCW and you're all bad guys, both Jake and DDP and Austin. Um, so it's not likely you're going to be standing across the ring from each other at this point. Uh, Dallas, you're still making towns with Steve and Jake. You're here as a top heel. Is Austin somebody you saw money in very early as well, Jake? Like when he's on the heel side and you're on the heel side, did you ever imagine you guys would get together in some capacity or another? Uh, I, I didn't ever imagine that, but I knew he was going to be something special. He just had it, you know. Here, here's the thing about this business. You can have the greatest body, you can have the best interviews, but unless you've got it, you're not going to be long-term. If yep. you've got it, you'll make it. And it will cover up a lot of stuff. And what is it? Charisma. I mean, look at Dusty. Dusty wasn't body beautiful. No. Christ. But yet he had the people in the palm of his hand. You loved him. You loved him with all your heart. And you felt everything that he felt. And Austin had that. You know, and uh, that's the one thing this business, you can't go out and buy it. You can't go out and learn it. Either you got it or you don't. I got lucky. I want to, I want to follow up with that, Jake, because people have a phrase. They say a lot. Oh yeah. It's such a great mind for the business. And you're considered one of the greatest minds for the business of all time. Did you get to spend any time picking Austin's brain back then to just see where his head was at? Not then, but, uh, later, whenever we hooked up in the WWF, WWE, um, he, he, he had, yeah, you know, he came up there as the ringmaster. Yeah, that wouldn't go right. Which on. stunk. <laughs> yeah. And he knew it stunk. No, he knew it. He knew it. I knew it stunk. But Vince has this thing, man. He's going to make it work, you know. But it wasn't working. It wasn't doing anybody any favors. And it finally got bad enough that they said, you know, there and gave him some time off. And he came back stone cold. Uh, at that time, I was helping write the storyline. And uh, I, I looked at the, the whole thing there, and I, I told Vince, I said, that guy's going to be your next megastar. We need a new cable. And Vince laughed at it. keeps going. He said, uh, no way. Middle of card, maybe, but not, not top guy. I said, no, you're wrong, man. You wait and see. And that's probably one of my better feel-good moments, too, because I was right. And you got to really help that rocket yeah. <laughs> in a big way. Because Steve... <laughs> Every night, he would call me and tell me about his match and ask where he did this, well, what, what did I do wrong, or what should I have done. And I wouldn't tell him what he should do, but I would tell him what he shouldn't. You got to, you know, I've done the same thing with Dallas. Let him figure it out. Yeah. And once you figure it out, you understand it. You really understand it. So, yeah, that went on for several weeks. Um, I kept pushing him, you know, of course in the meetings and stuff and, and everybody was just looking at me like, really, you know, I yep. was right. 
And I don't think anybody could predict that, but I know you want no. to keep going back. No, we'll come back to that. We'll come yeah. back to that. Yeah. Let's talk about the WCW time because Dallas, yeah. you're still there when the whole Hollywood blondes thing becomes a thing. The pairing of him and Ryan Pillman is going to be super important to Steve, even to this day. But a lot of fans saw big money in that, but maybe WCW didn't because it was relatively short lived. Were you surprised they broke up the Hollywood blondes as quickly as they did? You know, there's so many things about booking. I don't care who's booking. I don't care who, because it's a, there's an influx of guys booking and not booking and booking and not booking. I've never understood why certain things just stop when they're working. I know. And, but someone convinces someone else that it could be better if they're doing something else. That was a natural. And that was really the beginning of Steve becoming Steve Austin. You know, not being stunning, Steve. He was still stunning, but you could see by just the way his mind was working, how he was working in the ring. I mean, the psychology that they had, it was really, Steve was really starting to take it to that next level. And, you know, they broke it up. And, you know, again, why? You know, I, I look back to my career, like when I had the triad with me, Bam Bam and, Ka- and Canyon, there's nothing going to be, that was a different Freebirds. Yeah. I mean, that could have been so amazing. Then they broke it up. You know, I was like, okay, you know, I'm not booking, so I don't get to make that choice. But uh, yeah, I, th- I, I, I don't know why they did, but when it's all said and done, you know, you never really make it as a tag team. You know, it's a great building spot. And then at some point, one of those guys, it's really never both of them. I'm not, there's very few guys. You can go all the way back to Stinging Warrior, you know, but they didn't have a run together for that long. Yeah. You know, they got broke up really quickly and they both became two of the biggest stars ever, obviously. But very rarely do you ever see that. The one guy is going to pop, you know? Well, uh, Jake, we're talking about booking. I'm curious what you thought. I know you weren't with WCW at the time, but they're bringing Jim Duggan into WCW and they have him beat Steve Austin on pay-per-view in 35 seconds. And this feels like a pivotal moment in his career where maybe he realizes, man, they took away the Hollywood blinds. They had Hacksaw beat me in 35 seconds on pay-per-view. They don't have any plans for me. You don't understand it by then you're in trouble. Yeah. You know, that, that wasn't the writing on the wall. That was the finally, the final shot. But, but wait a second. Didn't he put the U S strap on him after that? I, I think he, I think that's where he dropped it to, uh, to Doug. Oh, okay. Is that, is that, I, I can't remember. Well, that exactly. was the TV title. That's the TV title I'm thinking of, but yeah, I mean, listen, th- there were, there were lots of, no, it was the U S title. Yeah, you're right. It was the U S title. So he's going to drop the U S title. To Jim Duggan in 35 seconds, but that, that, you know, that, that, that that'll bum you, that'll yeah. bum you out. Yeah. yeah. That'll like, what? There's no reason for that. You know, come bringing Jim in and just going over him is going to be big enough, you know, but there's no reason for a 35. Like I would hate, I'd hate to do that. You know, well, I disagree with, you, you know, I mean, it takes a good man to beat me, but it don't take him long. Okay, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I'd rather I'd rather meet a freight train coming head on and get knocked off the track than have to do a 20 minute grind it out, beat the dog shit out of because I got my ass whooped then. Yeah. You know, 
I think if you come in and slip on a banana peel or get knocked out, I mean, I've always been a fan of getting knocked out. I think it's I, everybody can understand that. I don't know. To me, I, I want to see a match. I want to yeah, see. I understand I see, that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's just me personally. And for me personally, I don't want to do a job in thirty-five seconds. Right. You know. Well, there's eleven coming through. Everybody. You know. That's that's a different animal if you're you know in that spot of his feeding frenzy. But I wouldn't gonna let him take me out like that. You know. We're gonna have he had best match ever. You know. So to me, that's what I want to have. As a fan, it felt like these guys were from different generations. In reality, they're only 11 years apart, but it did feel like Duggan was more of the eighties older guard. And Austin is like this new man of the night wrestler of the nineties. And it felt like we were, I don't know, stepping back a bit. And I wondered, Alice, you were there at the time. Is this because WCW just changed when Hulk Hogan came in? It felt like everything changed in WCW when Hulk Hogan came in. They had their most successful pay-per-view ever at Bash at the Beach with him and Flair. And based off of that success, we started to see, for lack of a better word, a lot of Hogan's buddies come in. Guys that Hogan trusted and made money with in the 80s coming in. And it felt like perhaps Austin was a casualty of, of Hogan coming in and bringing all his pals. Um, I don't know about that, you know, because again, I wasn't privileged to that. Uh, uh, but I know that back then <laughs> Steve was not the biggest fan of Hulk, you know, because he was, and obviously by what his lineage has been, he was the next big, big, big thing. And I think all that stuff made him, you know, when you're just giving shit, nobody appreciates it when you got to work for it especially the way he did. Cause he's like, it's not too long after this. That he, you know, has the, the, the tricep, you know, injury yep. and Bish fires him. And I was like, no, no, not that guy. Like, you don't let that guy go. Like he's really good. Like I always felt it. And Jake had said it to me when we were working together, he told me when I told him, he'd put me over on this one call. And I said, Jake can't put me over like that, man. I mean, I can't, I can't live up that. He's like, listen, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to be one of the biggest names in the business. You got to believe that. He goes, if you can't take the heat, you might as well get off right now. You know, because we go, we're going up that ladder comes a lot of heat. Yeah. And yeah. bottom line is um, the, uh, the whole thing with Steve getting let go and then going to ECW. When Steve Austin, like one of the things you have to understand, like when he, we, I do all my filming of all my matches Every night, he'd come out and watch my match. A lot of times we were driving together. And he would do color commentating. It was so funny. He would be Gordon Soley. He'd be Jim Ross. He'd, he'd be this character, this, this wrestling character. Come in. And then Nash would come in and do it with him. Foley would come in. Steve Regal. Uh, Raven. And I had all of this. And every night we'd watch it and laugh our ass off because they would just bust my balls the whole time. You know? And I wish to God I would have kept it. But... All that, you know, uh, uh, brother, you know, all the stuff that he would do there, he would start doing an ECW because he could do whatever the fuck he wanted with ECW. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was really the testing ground. And of course, when he got to WWE, they didn't let him do any of that shit. 
Not yet. <laughs> but it was coming. Not yet. This year, it's time to get off the couch and get back into the bedroom. Blue Shoe can help. Guys, we know that confidence can take you far in life. And when you feel confident, you're at your best, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And guys, I've heard the lady say there's nothing sexier than confidence. Well, Blue Chew can help give you that confidence you need where it counts. And if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free and use our special promo code DDP snake at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is DDP snake to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank blue chew for sponsoring today's podcast. I, I, I wonder, you know, if WCW and again, not trying to be negative and, and talk about, um, uh, Hogan as if this is all Hogan's influence, but. Hogan represented, you know, the high watermark in pro wrestling. And when, when all of a sudden WCW has an opportunity to work with him, of course, they're going to jump at that chance, but it does feel like as long as Hogan's there, and this is a phrase that's been used a lot, there is going to be a glass ceiling in WCW. Like you can get pretty high up, but you can never really be the top dog because everybody knows that's going to be Hogan and Jake, you're sort of nodding your head. Do you agree oh, yeah. with that? That from the boys' perspective, they think, "Hey, I can get as high as I want, but I'll I'll never get to that spot because that's Absolutely. reserved for Hogan." And the people that he brought in knew that. Yeah, and, and they dealt with it. You know, I mean, it depends how bad you want to make money. Yeah, but also you got to remember that whatever the deal was, and I never knew what the deal was that Hulk got, but it was ridiculously amazing. <laughs> you know, uh, the Hulk got a he. He made a lot of money off of you know that that whole run, and he was the guy who put us on the map. So you know he should. And, you know it, it was he had a lot of stroke, and uh, man, you know it, for me personally, I knew I was never going to go over him, but he really helped me at a time when I was with Savage, and you know he he talked to me back like I told you back in a couple episodes before when we were on the road in Germany and again, he said the same thing to me that Jake did. You keep doing what you're doing. You know, I believe me and you could draw big money together, you know? So I, I didn't need to be above him. <laughs> you know, Just get me up there. Or I can actually work with him. And that was amazing for me. You know, uh, I think for someone like uh, Steve at that time, I don't know what was going, but either way, Whoever, you know, poisoned him in Eric's ear, I don't know who that could. It could have been anybody, really. <laughs> because anytime you see some guy come up, a lot of guys are worried they're going to take their spot. Yeah. You know, I'm never worried about that. I know you're the same way. Yeah. I'm never worried about that. I, I, don't, got, I don't think like that. 
Yeah, well, we yeah. think about getting other guys' jobs yeah. too, yeah, and helping guys, help building yeah. guys, because that also when you're helping that guy come up, when you work together, he's gonna make you look like a bigger box. Yeah, you're gonna take care of you. Right? <laughs> you know, That's the thing I always, always thought, you know, if we could all just keep working together, we'd almost be interchangeable. You know what I'm saying? And there wouldn't be any heat. There wouldn't be any jealousy. Jealousy has killed more wrestlers than anything's ever killed. You know, jealousy. Because of the things that you can't have. And I've, you know, I've told you in the past, too, that I think what, what killed more wrestlers than anything was the situation that you work your whole career, your life, giving it your all, and you're on the top, and somebody comes to you and says, our creative team is having a hard time really putting something together for you, so uh, we're going to have to let you go. And here you are at the top of your game. So the ball's taken out of your hand and you're sent home. Well, you know, once you've been to the big shows, you're not going to go back on the, you know, indie circuit, man, and try to get a, yeah. a gig or two a weekend. And what do you tell that little boy that you got at home? Daddy's not good enough anymore. Yeah. Daddy's the same man he was yesterday. But them taking it away from you and not letting you play is what's killed more wrestlers than anything else. So uh, eventually after he, uh, gets let go by Eric Bischoff, which you touched on and it went off and, and, and he jumps into uh, the whole ACW thing, boy, he really becomes a star. Um, well, as we said, Jake, you, you alluded to it earlier. He debuts as the ringmaster, which is less than ideal, uh, sooner rather than later, uh, he separates from DiBiase. DiBiase is going to jump to WCW and Jake, you had a, a long history with DiBiase going back to mid South. And of course the heyday of, of Vince McMahon's WWF, but typically when you have a quote unquote manager, they, they try to add that to your presentation because you might not be a, maybe the best talker in the world, but right. Steve Austin was a phenomenal talker, but now he's got DiBiase also a phenomenal talent. But inside that probably had to wear Austin out a little bit. Like, damn it. I can do this. I don't need the training wheels. Right. Well, I'm sure Steve was going, you're talking about somebody that's not me. You know, only I can explain me. Yeah. You know, don't have somebody else come out here and tell you, okay, you're joking. Jake, Jake can do this. Jake can do that. No, that's not the same thing, you know, and you get tired of that real quick. Because you don't feel like that they're putting you in your best light. You can th say things that, that are new and fresh and in your direction. Whereas DiBiase was getting towards the end of his run and he slowed down and he doesn't have that quick width that Steve does. And uh, that's why he is Steve. quick. He's like, he's like, he's like you. He's like, uh, he's like Nash. You know, very quick witted. <laughs> so a pissing pissing contest with Austin. <laughs> so so Jake, you come back into the ring for the WWF in May of ninety six and you're quickly programmed on all the house shows with Steve Austin. Are you seeing the progression of him in the ring? Or this is I guess is the first time you're in the ring with him. What did yeah. you think of um of your time in the ring with him on those house shows? Because that's where you really get to try things, right? Yeah, at that time, I was wanting Steve 
to be more concrete on who he is. You know, come up this business, man, and you got in your mind what you want to do, then you go out there and you try these things, and some of them work, some of them don't. What do you do with the ones that don't work? You shit can them. Get rid of them. And Steve hadn't done that yet. He needed to fine-tune, and that was my job in the WWE, fine-tuning guys, getting them ready for Hogan in the earlier days. Now I'm up there. I don't even want to be in the ring because I'm overweight. I don't feel good in the ring. And they give me Steve. And Steve, I wanted, I just liked the guy, you know, and because of the way he presents himself, it's like, here it is, son of a bitch. If you don't like you get the hell away from me. And that's kind of the way I am, you know, but just in a nicer way. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> it all comes to a head king of the ring 1996 and, and everybody remembers austin's promo but i think what a lot of people forget is that was really part two he was responding to your promo where you talked about john 316 uh take us through that night about what you remember about wrestling magic being born there i remember going to the ring and steve and i got in, got into the ring and started our match. And it was kind of, it was really funny because he'd been through hell that day. Yeah. He had his mouth busted. Mm. He had to have all that sewn up in between matches. And he's still going. The show's still going. He got this back. a third match, right? Yeah. <laughs> third and, match uh, at night. You know, we've been out there before and, and, and now we're out there and everybody's done everything. Steve goes out there. He's ready to put it in supersonic warp seven. And I said, no, no, we're not doing that. And, uh, I told him, grab a hold. And I sat on my ass and I thought he was going to drag me across the ring and just, just keep dragging me because I wouldn't get up. Stay with it. Stay with it. We're all right. And I was trying to teach him a little something. You know, when you're in the ring, man, you're what everybody's watching. Yep. You make them pop when you want them to pop. You don't let them tell you when to pop. If you do, you need to get your ass out of the ring, burn your tights and get a seat. Because you've got to control them. If you don't, it's, it's just, it's a clusterfuck. And uh, you don't need that. So he grabbed the hole and we made the match happen, even though he had had several that night with his injury to his mouth and everything else. And then he cuts the best damn promo that he could have ever done. Yeah. Because he went from stunning Steve ringmaster to stone cold Steve Austin. His brother, he threw it in everybody's face. You know, without saying God's a piece of crap. He just put himself above that, you know, stone cold said, so did he say stone cold said so then, and that's the bottom line. Uh, he hit that, but the big thing was Austin three sixteen, which was not, this didn't come as the legend goes. And I know you were loosely involved in creative at the time and certainly doing more than just one of the boys, but as the story goes, this was not a a marketing initiative. There wasn't a big no. plan. There wasn't a no. board meeting. No. Those words fell good. out of his mouth and the crowd responded the next night yeah. at TV. People are holding up Austin 316 yeah. signs. And then they thought, well, this is a shirt. 
here we go. Um, yeah. And they really missed the boat on that too. You know, the people have asked me many times about it. I said, well, you you got the Austin three sixteen. Why don't you come out with Austin's 10 commandments? Thou shalt not kill unless thou art pissed. <laughs> thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife unless she's really hot. <laughs> uh, get to another one. Honor thy mother and father unless he's a dick and she's a douche. You know, you could have came out with a whole new deal there. Uh, not, not, not something right there that you know that Jake, he just rolled that off his tongue. That is something he's talked about 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now, but let me ask again. Like, he, he said, I believe he said, Stone, uh, Austin 316 just kicked your ass. Did, did he, that he was it. Yeah, he didn't end with Stone Cold yet, right? Uh, he, he did hit the, uh, and that's the bottom line. I think it goes, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so, all okay, in that so same let me tell promo. You a story. Let me tell you a story leading into that. Okay. You know, me and him, we would try to get together whenever we could. Because of our schedules, it was, it was next to impossible by that time. And um, we did get together. And I came over to his house. It was right before he left. Uh, Georgia and had his big spread on, you know, 15 acres. That's the way he loves to be in his own spot. You he know? has to be. He, he, he is the rattlesnake and he needs to be by, him, by himself with his wife, but you know, on a big piece of land, yeah. you know, that's how he was raised. And, and uh, he was, le- he was leaving soon. So what I would always say, we drink some beer and eat some deer and he fry up some deer and we're drinking beer and he tells me, he says to uh, uh, Jenny was his wife, right? His uh, wife? Yeah, Jeannie. Yeah, Jeannie. Jeannie yeah, yeah, Jeannie. Uh, sweet, she was sweet lady. Um, she, he says to me, she served him some tea, and she said, "Drink your tea before it gets stone cold." Mm-hmm. And he says to me. What do you think about Stone Cold Steve Austin? And I popped. I was like, that's like classy, pretty blassy, which is one of the greatest names I've ever heard. You know what I mean? Like Stone Cold Steve Austin, that was magic. I was like, oh my God, dude, that's amazing. So that's where he, that's where it all comes from, you know, which was pretty cool, you know, that I actually heard about that and he just gave him a thumbs up. You know, I'm sure he ran it by a bunch of people. But uh, when he said that, man, I said, okay, that's money. And that, again, coming off of what with Jake and everything that just took him, he was on a different planet at that point. It's uh, pretty remarkable to go back and see, especially knowing not too long before your old pal Bischoff cut him loose. I'm sure in real life, you're like, dude, what were you thinking? Right. I, I like I said, I called him up and went, not that guy, you yeah. know, like when you let him go, like, because he was also my buddy too, but I, I, I hadn't seen the stuff on these tapes that he was making for, you know, doing the color. So I'd seen this character developing and really getting secure in who he was. And for him to leave at that point, like it, it bummed me out, man. Yeah. I had just started to keep the tapes and the match I had, and I lost it. It was only one match. It was me and Brian Pillman. Mm. And he bust my chops so hard through this match. We were lapping our ass off. And uh, I, I labeled it the Austin tapes because now I'm going to keep everyone moving forward. And then he was fired. He heard his tricep and he was fired. I was like, oh, and I had the one match and I had that tape for 
years. And then one day he just disappeared. I was so pissed off. So the, uh, the Austin ship really takes off at survivor series. Bret Hart makes his return. Uh, they did an unbelievable vignette of him just talking all kinds of trash to Brett. Ultimately Brett gets the win. Uh, but what a match it was. And then 1997 rolls around in January of 97, such a critical moment in time in your career, Dallas, uh, when you, you know, turn away the NWO and, and hit the diamond cutter on Scott hall that same month. The Royal rumble is really the Steve Austin show. And Jake, he even throws you out of the ring that night. He technically is eliminated. The referee doesn't see it. He sneaks back in. He's declared the winner. That Royal rumble felt special. Didn't it Jake? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the rumble, God, those matches were brutal. Uh, to get an early number and have to stay out there while 25 guys come to the ring and kick your ass. Cause each guy that comes to that ring is going to shine at first. Yeah. And if you're one of the unlucky few that is out there for that whole thing, you do get your butt worn out. But at the same time, there's so much stuff being created in that, in that one match, you know, you, you walk away from the Royal rumble, you'll have four or five different things cemented ready to go. And, uh, it was pretty clear. Steve Austin's ready to go. It's amazing the the similarities and the parallels there, Dallas, because that happens in January of 97 for him. And that's when your whole NWO thing kicks off. What would a, a Jake, the snake type character book a diamond Dallas page versus a stone cold, Steve Austin to look like in 97, you got the stone cold stunner. You got the diamond cutter, probably the two hottest moves. It's interesting to think about the parallels there. Is it not? You know, for me, uh, it was amazing that I had come up to that level and, and he was there and we talked about this on, on, uh, his, uh, broken, uh, broken skull ranch, uh, show we did, uh, uh, back in December, you know, we were both like just rock. We were on that rocket, you know, and I was really, I was really pumped when, uh, at the end of that year that me and Savage got the feud of the year because he was with Brett and they were in second. Of course he had, as that kept going, they kept going with him and kept pushing him. And I didn't really get that kind of a push. And I, I'm super happy with what I had, but there was so many ways you could have gone, you know, with what I was doing at that time. And I think if Jake was booking, it would have been a little bit different, Yeah, you know, and I would have got that opportunity and maybe, you know, cause the way it was going, Goldberg was just coming up, but he was on the insane, crazy rocket, uh, that just had no, it was all over the place. And he was so believable, but it really, I really thought I should have gone over Hulk, you know, not in Georgia, wherever, you know, should have dropped it to me. So gave Goldberg a little bit more time to learn how to talk. Now, by the time he gets to WWE, he's learned how to talk. But, it, you know, there was a period of time where the reason why Stone Cold was hotter than him to me was because not only they're both believable as hell, but Steve could talk his ass off. Yeah, He could talk and not have to do shit. He could talk for 20 straight minutes. Yeah, but he can also you, work his ass off. Right, right. But again, he, he could do both at its highest level, you know. And, uh, you know, we... 
I can't tell you how many people came up to me when I'd be signing autographs somewhere and like, man, we want to see you and Stone Cold together. We want to see that match. And I heard that all through 97. You know, it was uh, it was it was a great compliment to me to even for people to say that, because to me, he was, you know, he, he was the guy and I, I could see where it was going and what was happening. He was the guy. If I, it would have been me and him, I'd have been doing the job <laughs> with no with no problem. You know, um, yeah, he, he is sent it to a different level, but it was super fun to, to think about me and him driving in the car back in the day and him getting in the ring with me, you know, and, you know, working with me when I'm, I'm just learning. And then six years later, you know, uh, bringing they're comparing me and him together. You know, it was really and, and he did himself, you know, when we were on a show because it was very parallel as we were going and then 97. You know, you, pro wrestling illustrated still work, but it's, it's it's an idea of where people land. 97 and 98, I was number four, you know, uh, freaking Steve, I believe was number one both years, you know, and justifiably so. And I, I was, again, just happy to have had the career that I had because of this guy and Dusty guiding me through the channels that are in this business of... A lot of backstabbing and a lot shark of shark tank. It's real shark, shark tank. tank. It's like a real shark tank with muscle. And got chummed. <laughs> you know? So it's it's really to navigate yourself through that. It's it was it was it was you know treacherous at times. And I was just again so happy. I, I tried to kill everybody with kindness. That was just what I did. That's what I did. You know. So uh again, I'm back with Steve. It, it would have been it would have been amazing. And I really thought when I went up there, when I knew he was coming back that, you know, eventually I know he's going to come back from that injury. I would have, you know, would have loved to have worked with him. There's a bunch of guys I would have loved to work with if circumstances were different. Science tells us the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering our core body temperature. You see, temperature controlled sleep repairs our muscles after a hard day's work and it improves our cognitive function. So you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. Chili Sleep makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well being. Chili Sleep makes the Uller, that's the one I have, and the Cube Sleep System. Both are hydro power, temperature controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Chili Sleep can make that happen. For an extra layer of comfort, they also make the Chili Blanket. It's the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. Head over to chilisleep.com forward slash DDP snake to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any cube or Uller sleep system. Now this offer is available exclusively for DDP snake pit listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili C H I L I sleep.com slash DDP snake to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. Guys, I love chili sleep. You've heard me brag about it. I even took it to the beach with me this week. But one thing I want you to know, this is the best offer chili sleeps ever had. Even I didn't get 30% off. Are you kidding? This is the best offer ever. Check it out. 30% off. It won't last forever, but they've got it right now. And it's worth a look. 
That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com forward slash my world. So you're, um, you're, you're carving your own path in 97. I mean, it's just lightning fast. What's happening to you with the whole macho man thing and all that. And we've talked about, that's going to be the feud of the year for 97. Meanwhile, Austin's doing the same thing on the other channel. So clearly you've both got your own thing going on. Are y'all in any sort of regular communication? Are y'all keeping in touch at all in real life? Absolutely. But it would be probably every two or three or four months. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. where we'd catch up and just catch up, you know, because you know, we talk all the time. I mean, even Steven still today, I might go a month without talking to him and we'll talk to each other three weeks in a row, you know, and then we'll talk about a month. And, you know, we'd always just like, Hey, just checking in, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's tried to do, but it's, you know, how crazy the road is so crazy. Yeah. You know, when you're really living it, like when I hear these rock and rollers talking about how tough the road is, like you guys got your own bus. You got, they take, they take your bags for you. They drive you everywhere. <laughs> What's so tough. Yeah. You know, the road is tough, but when you got to take bumps and figure out where you're going to stay and carry all your own bags, you know, it's, it's tough and it beats your body and your mind up. And we didn't really have cell phones back then. Right. You know, like today you just pick up, Hey dude, what are you doing? Super easy. You know, uh, back then it was harder, you know, to stay in communication, you know? So you guys both touched on it earlier today, which I think is funny because it has become the gold standard. A couple of months after that Royal rumble, there's the now infamous double turn with Bret Hart and stone cold, Steve Austin. And here's this guy who we could, at this point, he's so beloved. We couldn't even imagine Bret Hart as a bad guy, but here it is. And we couldn't imagine this guy who's using swear words and and flipping us the bird. He's our baby face, but here it is. Uh, the, the, the big double turn, Jake, you had to just be wringing your hands with this is good shit. Oh, I loved it, man. Are you kidding me? You know, it's real funny. He's talking about the, the language that he used, uh, USA had gotten on Vince's ass about Austin. He said, ass. Yeah, they didn't want him to say ass anymore. And so Steve, Vince got Steve right at the desk. and said, Steve, damn it, USA's up my butt. Do not say ass out there. I don't need the aggravation. You hear me? And Steve, yes, sir. Well, at that time, there's... Bruce Pritchard sitting over there at the gorilla position and Steve goes and he looks at Vince and says, I bet he screws up and says ass. And Vince said, you want to bet how many times he's going to say ass? Pritchard said, he'll say it twice. And Vince said, I bet he says it more than that. (laughs) five dollar bet (laughs) and austin went out there but poor bruce did not know that vince walked around the curtain and grabbed steve just as he started to go through the curtain and say say it at least 15 times (laughs) and let him go so he went out there and said ass every time he turned around ass ass (laughs) i don't remember that bro yeah and uh Richard's in the back crying. What the fuck? I can't believe he's doing that. Vince's like, I'm going to break his neck. I'm going to kill him. He's going to get us kicked off TV. And Pritchard is like, holy shit, Vince, don't, don't be that mad at him because Bruce didn't want Steve to get kiboshed. Vince worked Bruce. Of course. Many times. And that was just one. 
That's funny. You know, it reminds me of that, uh, the what, you know, it's still what will live in infamy in wrestling. And that's oh. when Steve had come back. And that was literally, I don't know, not many people know this, but Christian Jay Rezzo, uh, of course, is, was real good friends with Steve as well. And he left the message and said, what? A bunch of times. And Austin took that to the ring that night. And nobody knew, freaking Christian didn't know, nobody knew. And he went out there and he really changed the course of some interviews. Oh my God. Because, oh my God, the what? I mean, he he wore that out. And then it, it's, it's still happening today. Yeah. Steve hasn't yeah. been in the ring in 10 years. Yeah, it used to piss me off. I'd be on the indie circuit and I'd grab a mic and somebody go, what? I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm not <laughs> this shit. You know, it just, it was something that crazily, still Hot something on. just catch on, man. You know, again, like the Austin 316, like for that to be so powerful of everybody seeing John 316. Like, it's kind of like I was explaining before about people chanting my name. They were chanting DDT, DDP. We were so much similar. I had taken so much from him and still made it my own, but taken so much from him, you know, learning. And it's whatever the fans get into and they're already used to. And everybody's seen at the football games. John 316, I mean, for decades. So it was such a natural. And I don't know about how much Steve made on those shirts. A lot. But I will guarantee you it was millions. Yeah. And that's the, you know, Steve is a, a marketing genius because he's the one who would come up with all of his shirts, the whole deal. He had a special deal with Vince. I don't know what it was, but I'm sure it was good. And Steve has been taken care of, and he should be because he's the one who saved the day because we we were so close. We were so close, and I didn't. Yeah. I never wanted this. No, none of the boys ever want a competing company to go away. Right. Like, no, we want five more of them and them all competing so we can make money or go to a different territory like Jake did, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You know, the you know, it comes down to you want to have the – competition so you can get more money for what you're doing so uh we never want them to go away and you know the big picture is it turns because that vince and austin angle you know and i'm going to call it the second best angle ever because the nwo was the mac daddy yeah that was the greatest angle of all time but steve is like just literally right under that and they and, and they took it back from there. They took back the momentum, and and it wasn't just those guys. They had a lot of great stuff happening with Foley and you know all the guys coming up. I mean, there was so much good. There was so much good shit going on at that time. It really is remarkable when you go back and you take a look at at how successful Austin's merch was. Jr. even talks about on Grilling Jr. that he remembers handing Steve million dollar quarterly checks just for T-shirts alone. Uh, so, I mean, just think about that for three months, here's your t-shirt money. You know, back in the day, people used to talk about picture money. Here's your t-shirt money. And there's two commas in it. Uh, I I think Steve Austin is, is probably one a or one B. And that's what I want to have a discussion with now, as far as Hulk Hogan, you know, and the Hulkamania success and certainly the Hulkamania t-shirts, but 
Hulk Hogan made Vince McMahon a millionaire. Steve Austin made Vince McMahon a billionaire. Uh, but Jake, you were there for both of those. In your opinion, is Hogan the biggest star in the history of wrestling? Is it Steve Austin or is it still up for debate? I think more money was made with Steve. Yeah. Um, as far as being the biggest star, you still got to give it to Hogan, man. Um, he's the, he's, he's the dude, man. I mean, six foot six, massive. He was what wrestling was about at the time. Yes. Steve Austin came along and repainted that wall. This is what the top guy is now. He's a street thug badass. And he took it and he ran with it. And like you said, made Ben's a billionaire. Um, myself, I think Steve is much more entertaining than Hogan was. But Hogan at the time was developed and made to be exactly that guy that she wrestled one time. Piper was the only one that went through it a couple of times. It's savage. But uh, everybody else got with Hogan. You were his meat. Yeah. Didn't matter who you were, you know. So Ben spent years building that character. Unbeatable. You know, I think uh, if Steve has another... If he didn't break, if he didn't break his neck, yeah, and he keeps going, then I think it's a different story, you know. Because uh, I agree with Jake on all that there, um, but I think if Steve just gets another three or four years, because that's the thing with Hulk, the biggest thing, that cat was on top for thirty years, yeah, like on the tippity tippity top, he was the benchmark. And then Steve came along and like Steve, uh, like Jake said, he painted a different wall. You know, he, he painted a different story of what the person's supposed to look like. And we had way bigger ratings back then, Yeah, you know, because we had the, it wasn't for the Monday night wars. Those ratings never would have happened, Yeah, but they did. And because of it was so hot at the time, you know, and there's only so many, you know, platforms today, there's a ridiculous amount of things to watch. Yeah. Like it's, there's this, you can be watching this on YouTube, you know, if you're smart, if you're smart, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Jake. I love that. But uh, I really think that if Steve just had a little more time, like a couple more years, like what he would have had, if he doesn't get dropped on his head, you know, if he, if he, if he has those three or four, five more years, and if Austin had never got dropped on his head, he might be showing up at WrestleMania this year. And he still might show up, but he's not going to do more than, you know, a couple of stunners, you know, because every time, every time, and Jake will be the first to tell you this, every single time we get in that ring, especially as we're over 40, over 50, you leave a piece of your body in that ring every single time. And it could be something so little. And all of a sudden you tore your friggin' your, your meniscus again, you know? So for Steve to get in there, hey, God, we love it. We never want to not do it. You know, like one of my dreams is to hit a diamond cutter at 70, just because I can, you know? And that's a goal that is, is out there. <laughs> I'm going to diamond cut my wife at 70. <laughs> So Dallas, four years. <laughs> now I got to get married. Shit. 
Oh, God. Bad idea. Bad idea. No, great idea. Great, great idea. idea. You got it. You got it. You got it this time. Yeah, man. So, well, yeah, I really think if you just give him a little more time, Steve takes that mantle. But if you put it up the way it is, you know, just him and, you know, and Flair and, you know, freaking, you know, no, there, there's some really amazing talent. You look at that right there. Barry Horowitz. Barry Horowitz. <laughs> Dallas, it's one of those weird things about uh, Austin, too, because he left so early. He was so young, you know, and, and he had his last, uh, you know, he did have some some gimmick stuff with Coach and, and Bischoff and things like that. But WrestleMania 2003 with The Rock, that's it. That's the last one. And all of a sudden this year, right after the Royal rumble, people started whispering, Hey, maybe this is the year we're going to see Austin back at WrestleMania. Would you be surprised if he does try to make a little bit of a run here one last time? I would be totally surprised. I don't believe, you know, I, cause this guy know him, you know, and he's, you know, it's not like he's not done it all. Right. You know, he had eight world titles, you know, all different belts. You know, the guy, he did every shit you could, you could never even dream of doing. You know, he's lived the dream on so many different levels. He's a spokesperson for Tide. Him and, you know, Ice-T, you know, I mean, Kawasaki. I mean, he does so many things. And plus, he's got his shows going and stuff, you know what I mean? Steve don't need it, you know, so... Yo, would he might could he go out there and hit it? Yo, I'm sure if it's paid sure enough money, you know, he go out there and hit a stunner or two, but he ain't gonna get in there and do no match. Not not that I see. And I could be wrong, you know, but I would not want to see him do it again because I just know it, you know, he, he's no kid anymore, you know. Yeah, None it, of us it, are it would, you know, same with us. It would pale in comparison to what we were. Yeah. I don't want to go out there and leave a bad taste in my mouth, much less all fans. So Jake, what do you think, uh, Austin's legacy will be in the business? I mean, uh, sort of post wrestling, man, he dominated podcasts for so long. He had all these different yeah. TV shows. He did movies, but he was yeah, stunning. He was the ringmaster and then he was stone cold. Yeah. He, he's the model you want to follow. If you can't you get and lucky. You, enough. And guess what? You can't <laughs> <laughs> You get really lucky enough, yeah. but you know, the, I, I think that, uh, recreating that magic is as hard as it gets. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you can go back to look at a different world now, man. Yeah. If you look at, uh, Brian Danielson, you know, back when he was in doing the yes site, mm -hmm. there's a moment where that guy, again, they don't have the ratings that we had back then because different platforms, but that guy had every single person. He was on top of the cage. I'll never forget it. 2014 the entire building. Not one person was not doing the yes thing like that cat. So ridiculous was so over. Yeah. So, and today I think right now he's the best in the business. Yeah. Like he's a storyteller. He's doing Ric Flair, 60 minute matches. You know, I mean that cat to me, I don't know how he's doing it again. Well, you know, when I say that, cause of what the concussions he's going yeah. through, and one of the things, like every morning I'm in my hyperbaric chamber, which is 15 PSI, which is like 40 feet below sea level. That's what he's in when he took that two years off every night, every morning, every night. Again, because it's oxidizing the brain. That's the only reason they let him back in the ring. 
because you know when Benoit died, he had the brain of a 87-year-old Alzheimer, according to um, what's his name? It's Chris Nowinski. Uh, yeah, Chris Chris Nowinski, and uh, I, I gave him my brain. You know, I gave him my brain. Do you, you give him yours yet? Oh, yeah, I think it's I think it's important I for people to see. I think it's important to yeah. see like what what was in there, you know, and so they know. And when you hear that, you know, Chris Benoit had a brain of an 87 year old Alzheimer patient. That's not a sane guy. Yeah. You know, and that's why things happen that happen because of what your brain, the brain's the most important thing. Your body is after that. Yeah. The brain is why I do so many things to try to keep my brain sharp. Your and brain working. Is, your brain is motion. And once that motion starts, your whole body has to react to it. Yeah. And a guy contact me and just say, help. Mm. And then he had a, he sent me a little video. And this guy is begging me, help me. I want to commit suicide. Oh, wow. And he's so depressed. Mm. And I wound up doing about seven minutes on there. Right. Begging him to get help, to get in contact with us, to reach out, to talk, to find the right meds, you know, because I told him about my situation with my meds. And, right. You know, until I started taking antidepressants, I, I did this. You know, and now I'm sort of. <laughs> I never, I, I've like, I've never known. And you, you can tell by talking to him. But, you know, I'd said leaving his house, like I said, in, in Resurrection of Jake the Snake. You know, I said, like, I don't, and Steve said, what would you think of that first visit we had? I said, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to have a conversation with my buddy again. And it took years of getting up, being clean and getting the fog to leave the brain. But then doing the right, taking the right meds that will help you. You know, I've never, I don't know this, Jake. He doesn't yeah, take painkillers anymore. He doesn't drink. He doesn't snort coke. He doesn't, he doesn't do it. He has no, like, I, for years, I would never drink around him. If I don't have a glass of wine. He's like, dude, have a glass of wine. I don't give a shit. shit. No, because he because he owns it now. Yeah. It's a different level of sobriety. And people who are going through, you know, the stuff, you know, like those cameos, man. Like, uh, you know, we try to, and I get them, yeah. like, not like that, but, you know, similar it's, ones it's, all the time. It's, it's making me think right now. And if this guy just happens to turn this on, dude, I'm still thinking about you, man. Please get the help. Please talk to people about your anger and your shame and your pain. There's help out there, man. Yeah, I, I had, yes, last night, um, you weren't there, but I had, uh, we had Dr. Mark Mann come in to the Performance Center because he wrote me about a year and a half ago about how he's the head, head of psychiatry at America, at the Virginia uh, VA, which is the biggest VA in the country. And he's the head of it. He's got like, 300 people under him <clears throat> and he saw Arthur's video and he was playing it for all the guys and explained, this could really help you like our program. And then a year went by, I, I call, I got a hold of him, talked to him, said him with Larry, cause we're working on a thing called warrior's purpose. And the warrior's purpose isn't just, you know, workouts and stuff and inspiration and food. It's also about mental health. And so I said, Dr. Grilla, have you come in here? And then we lost touch with him. And then I get a cameo from him, which really cracked me up because I didn't know it was him at first. 
And he's telling me how he's that, you know, the head of, you know, the Virginia VA uh, medical center and, you know, the psychiatry part and how I'm telling these guys what I, you know, want them to do. And I look at myself at 309 pounds and say, doctor, heal thyself. And I've lost 80 pounds and I feel so much better. And, you know, I, I just love the program. And he's getting the cameo. He wants me to say something back to him. And so while I'm talking to him, I'm like, wait a minute. I think you're the same guy who sent me that email a year and a half ago. And the bottom line is he came in here yesterday. We flew him in. Uh, we put him up. I had, had him over to my house for dinner. But we did, we did a video about his journey. And so much of it has to do with mental health and getting the help. And, you know, 22, I think pretty much everybody knows, 22, you know, servicemen or men and women a day, 22 a day commit suicide. God, that's sick. It's crazy, man. Like, that's a real number. And that's so sick. It's it's so important to talk about it. And he gave me different ways. And we, we, he gave us different things in the videos that we were shooting on him of like clips that maybe help them get to someone to talk about it. Because if you don't ever talk about it, oh, I'm done. Man. It never goes away. Yeah, my oldest daughter was the head of the VA in Kansas at Leavenworth. And she's told me so many horror stories about our servicemen coming to Leavenworth to get mental help, but they don't have a place for them. They don't house them. So what happens? They wind up taking their VA money and living on the streets because they can't afford a place. These are the same cats that went over there and gave their lives for us, man. You know, there's right, and then there's right. And we need to get right with everybody. Black, white, it doesn't matter, man. It's time. Sorry about that. No, listen, man, we, uh, we appreciate you being open and, and honest and transparent with us and People want to hear, uh, from Jake and DDP, and this is the real Jake and DDP, not just talking about nostalgia, but helping people. And, uh, a part of that for some of these stories was, uh, was cameo. So, uh, check that out and obviously message us on social media and keep tuning in, man. We, uh, yeah. we hope everybody enjoys Austin three sixteen this year, and maybe we see something at WrestleMania. We'll see, but I know this much you'll see us next week right here. We're going to be talking about another legendary wrestling family. We talked about the Crockett's a few weeks ago. We'll be back next week talking about the roads right here oh, on DDP oh, snake bit. I want to see. watch that. <laughs> see ya.